Hey, Dana, we created something really exciting I need to talk to you about. Was it Circles? Uh, it was more than that, Dana. It was actually... Was it the podcast? It was, it was even more than that. Was it Patreon? More. Keep going. You was know what it was? It a Facebook group? A Facebook group. We created a Facebook group that is safe for everybody. And we made this so you can feel comfortable if you're a developing medium to be amongst people that are like you and not having a place where you have to pay for it. What? Because it's free, Dana. Can you imagine a ad where we're not asking you for anything? I, I don't know. want you to buy anything. This what is the free. Hell? It's free. So go to Matt and Dana's student mediumship community on Facebook. It is a private group where you can find sitters. You can do intuitive exercises and you can hang out with some really awesome people. So that's Matt and Dana's mediumship development group on Facebook. We'll put the link in the bio and like wherever yeah. else links are found, but you know, you don't have to buy anything and Mark Zuckerberg can still suck it, but yeah. here you go. Well, we don't know him. He goes to a different school, mm -hmm. but we thank him for his platform. Thank you. Bye, <laughs> Press start to begin. We are two best friends who happen to be psychic mediums. We do readings, we teach, we mentor, and we love to laugh. Yeah, and you know what? We love to cry too because we're heartstring pulling leather truckers. Oh, ooh. Warning, this is rated E for explicit, so if you don't like the word fuck, you should probably turn your ass around. Turn it around. Don't look back, run. But if you're sticking around, it's time for another episode of I'm a Medium. Ask me how. Dana Willie. Matthew Tao, I am so excited. I have been entranced by these two people, these two guests that we have. Oh, you just made that sound like a huge deal. I just brought my friends, Michael oh. Mayo and Megan Oisa. Did I did I overblow it? Did I you, did I did I make it, it too big? You made it awkward, but that's oh. fine. That's why we love you. <laughs> okay. Well, welcome to the stage, Michael Mayo and Megan Oisa. Yay. Hi. Hello. It's Hi. great to be here. It's great to see your pretty faces. And I don't mind being both a friend and entrancing. We can do both. <laughs> Yes. We can do both. This and that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm really trying to tear her down, Michael. You keep building her back up. That's just not fair. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. We're so happy to have you. And we're um, having Megan Elisa yeah. back. Yeah. Well, she's back, guys. Hi. She's an old podcast pal. We love her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to talk. We need to talk about what what the types of mediumship there are. Cause I feel like with this community that nobody really has a full understanding of it. And it seems to be a little different for everybody. And I just love learning from you. And I know our listeners like learning from you and we share many students. And one thing we can agree on is the type of mediumship that there is. So we'd love to ask you, Megan and Michael, of what your thoughts are about the different types of mediumship and what are the different types. Megan, please take it away. Okay. Well, um, there are many forms of mediumship, my friends, but <laughs> they all are technically under the same umbrella, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there are 
ones like we know of evidential mediumship, right? The normal kind that we see on TV and, you know, on TikTok or sometimes on TikTok. Um, then there's things like trance mediumship, trance, which is short for in transmit, not trans medium. Um, and this is when you're moving more into a deeper altered state. All forms of mediumship are in an altered state. And then we have physical mediumship, which is its own kind of mediumship outside of the normal way we would, you know, bring through information as a medium, as an evidential medium, which is going to involve um, having actual physical phenomenon that can be observed by everyone in the space that's there. Um, and I know Michael has a lot of, you know, things that he's done with physical mediumship far more than me. So I'm going to sort of hand that over to, to Michael. Yeah, sure. Before I jump into that, if that's what you guys want to hear, um, <laughs> the um, there's also forms of, in trance mediumship, there's different types of mediumship even under that umbrella. So in trance mediumship, you have trance philosophy, which is bringing through spiritual information or um, you know higher guidance from those guides and helpers that work with us. Um, you also have things like trance communication, which is where someone's loved one speaks directly through the medium and is able to communicate almost like you know, you were talking to your loved ones in first person. They're they're literally speaking to their loved one. Think Whoopi Goldberg and Ghost when when uh, Patrick Swayze jumps inside her. Um, and then you have uh, trans clairvoyance, which is uh, used to be a much more popular form of mediumship, which is where your guide, your spirit guide, works through you as sort of the medium in, bet in between the two worlds. So the medium goes into trance. The guide speaks through them and then allows and does sort of the in-between work. So saying, I have a man here called so-and-so and he's da-da-da-da. In theory, that should be an even more accurate form of mediumship because it's the spirit person that's doing the work at that point. So, um, And then there's also trans art as well. Um, we have an amazing spirit artist at Oakbridge um, called Christine Parkin who does spirit portraits of people. I think, Matt, you do some spirit Part, I, right? dabble. Yeah, I dabble. I dabble. <laughs> um, and so <clears throat> there's so many different forms of mediumship. Um, there is trans healing as well. So healing in, in all its forms is considered a form of mediumship uh, because you are acting as the go-between between, between um, this world and the world of spirit, bringing through whatever energetic energy is there. So Mediumship is wide. It is wide. It is varied. And I think a lot of us uh, experience the evidential mediumship as the gateway drug into <laughs> all the other forms. Um, and I think the deeper you go into mediumship, the more you realize it's far more than just giving messages from loved ones and spirit. It's an entire world of communication and connection with those in the world unseen. That's awesome. Cause I, I, I love that because I think everybody thinks of the word mediumship and they only think of the evidential or what a lot of people, we haven't thrown around the word mental mediumship yet, but that's mm -hmm. often thought of as the mental mediumship, that evidential mediumship part, right? Just yeah. think of it as that top of the iceberg, but there's so much more capable 100%. and possible. And I, and I like to use a different term than mental mediumship to describe what we're using as evidential mediumship, right? And the reason is, is because technically trance is a form of mental mediumship. 
because it passes through the mind of the medium. So that's like sort of the umbrella term. And then you have the two little prongs, which is mental mediumship or evidential mediumship. And then you have uh, trance. So Mm -hmm. I try to sort of differentiate just for people's understanding, but you can call it mental mediumship too. So how do we get down into the gateway? So we, you, you're starting to get interested and it's, you know, you get into the mental mediumship side of it. And I got to say, well, we'll, we'll open it up for a second. Matt and I have been, we're, we're, we're in development into the trance mm-hmm. side of things. And um, thank you to both you and Megan to yeah. uh, when we came to California, you worked with both Matt and I a lot in this area of, of sitting and, and demonstrating for us, you brought your cabinet. So I definitely want you guys to talk about cabinet work and, and the role it plays in this, but how do you get started in beginning trance development and what are the kind of the keynotes or the things that we're looking for in stepping forward into to this part of uh, mediumship? Well, when it comes to trance development specifically, it's really, really important that you have an understanding of the power, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the the way that the energy changes around you coming from the spirit world, including your own power and how that's interacting for one. Um, two, it's really about the blending and the surrender between you and the other world. So if that is your spirit helper that is coming to speak through you and do trans philosophy or, you know, a spirit loved one in that way, where you talked about, you know, spirit communication, it's more so, um, more well known to have spirit philosophy for most people, um, that has any, have any kind of connection to witnessing, um, a lot of the trance states that are available to see. Uh, But it's really, the big emphasis is learning how to fully let them come more into the mind, to have more control over the mind versus the medium. So the more we let go as a medium, the stronger that hold is that becomes, um, you know, on us. And you know, I know Michael had brought up something about ghost or yeah, ghost, right? No. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ghost. Yeah. 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 And Whippy Goldberg, you know, and, um, how <clears throat> the, the spirit person came into the body. That's not what happens actually when you're in a trance state, it's a blending of the energy and it's more so like um, on top of you more than in your body. It's not possession either. Um, it's something that you have full control over, at any moment when you bring your mind back, it, it deteriorates that connection essentially so that it's more of the medium and less of the spirit person coming through or guide. Mm-hmm. I like that yeah. you said that because I've actually in a cup in the last couple of days heard of people saying that I've, I'm being jumped by yeah. a spirit. Um, I've actually used, heard that terminology used a couple of times and, and it What's can it feel... Mean? What's that mean? I've never heard that term. Oh, you've never heard? Yeah. I, um, it was actually another podcast that I heard um, somebody talk about feeling like, and I, I think it's just their interpretation of feeling the blend yeah. happening. Um, and I think sometimes we interpret um, what might be happening or, or you know, it, for those of you guys that have seen Ghost, I think now we're getting to the age where like, if you say like the movie Ghost, they're like, oh you guys are old. Uh, <laughs> it's like a dated reference, you know, yeah. but, um, but you know, it, it feels like, Oh, we've lost control of our body. And right. I think that it's important to, to make that note that we don't lose control ever during this. I mean, and, and I think it's important also to recognize that if you are at that point where you're actually able to surrender and allow those things to happen that well, it's unlikely that you 
also are having these things happen to you out of the blue because can the spirit world move your body without you trying to do anything? Absolutely. Can the spirit world influence you to the point where it's their thoughts, their feelings, their emotions, their personality? Absolutely. Can they literally control your voice, your everything, your breath even? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But do the amount of surrender and letting go that actually requires the amount of trust that you need to feel with it for that to even be a possibility is something that I don't know that many people that say they're having all these experiences um, are at that place, right? Mm-hmm. If we look at some of the mediums of the past, the, the level of control that the spirit world can have and influence us is incredible. Um, one example that comes to mind uh, is George Chapman, who was a uh, trans medium uh, from the 20th century. And he brought through a guide called Dr. Lang. And Dr. Lang did trans healing through him. But what was so incredible, not only that, that these things were recorded, all of these healing cases were recorded and the outcomes and all of that sort of thing. So there's a huge record of the success rate of this healing, which was great. Um, there's also uh, his, uh, Dr. Lang's living daughter was so, mm, heard, heard that someone was claiming to bring through her dad. So she requested a sitting with him. He immediately recognized her. They talked about personal things. They were able to, you know, have such an amazing sitting that she ended up requesting that she have a sitting with him, um, George Chapman, every week for the rest of her life, along with many friends and colleagues that also knew Dr. Lang as well. And so what's incredible is that the ability for the spirit world to bring through such validatable, real ability, evidence, um, and healing ability as well through that, that requires a level of surrender that is, I mean, if you're just, if you're just feeling like a tingle and you think you're now entranced, that's not how that works. It's, it's Mm -hmm. a mind. Your mind has to move from, from control. You have to be able to trust the presence. Any amount of tension is going to inhibit uh, that link and that hold. And so I think being really clear, and this is why I always talk about uh, the history of mediumship, to show you what is possible. Mm-hmm. When you have that bar and you recognize what is possible, when you can see that, I feel like it makes a huge difference in sort of when we feel like we've, quote unquote, arrived. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if you go on to, you know, see some of the TV mediums or you see you know, TikTok mediums um, that maybe haven't, that maybe need a little bit more development. And, you know, they're saying, um, you know, uh, throwing alphabets out there, being alphabet medium, or um, just giving very vague things. And people are like, oh my God, that's amazing. But that's just because they don't recognize what can be. For anyone who's listening mm-hmm. who's interested, definitely check out Helen Hughes. Helen Hughes mediumship is incredible, detailed, and you'll see what is possible. For me, that's very much a bar a standard. Mm-hmm. Um, but Eileen Davies, Gordon Smith, who mm-hmm. are living here now, also incredibly specific, incredibly accurate. So see the see what the bar is. You know what I mean? And then decide, okay, where am I on that on that journey? And those mediums too are still in development. So mm-hmm. 
everyone is, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's also looking at it if that's possible for you as well and yeah. not saying, well, you need to be superhuman or do this for decades. It's the time and dedication that you show up for the the spirit world and that you put into your effort. Because um, I, I truly believe that with your development, what you put into it is what you get out of it, right? So you can't go to like three circles and being like, I'm a full-blown medium because you really haven't put in the time. And I think the spirit world likes to get us to like show up for them and earn it in a little bit of a way. And I think you see that with more like physical mediumship where you need multiple mediums to show up for like a sitting or um, to make things happen like a Ouija board move or uh, a table uh, move. do you find that that's true for you guys that the spirit world kind of likes us to earn it or what is your opinion on that? Um, well, I kind of want to just go quickly back to the jumping of people because everything Michael described is something that the medium is involved with is as in, it's not happening to them without their permission. Correct. So it means that, you know, they want to be a part of this. They're, they're volunteering their surrender, their trust to the spirit to build this link, to build this connection so that we can do things like trans mediumship and potentially develop things like physical mediumship, which takes many, many years to do. Now, with what you're saying, I do think there is something to having a little skin in the game when it comes to anything we develop, right? Mm-hmm. When we're bringing forward our love, our time, our energy towards something that's going to build something, right? Mm -hmm. So there has to be a part of that. You have to have dedication to what you're doing and to know that there isn't an end journey to this, right? There's no finish line where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I've made it unless you choose that, right? Unless you choose that. But the more we are open and flexible with the spirit world without dictating what it is exactly that you're trying to achieve with things, the easier it is for them to work through us in different ways and in ways that maybe you've never even thought of, right? When we look at the past mediums, what's really great about it besides seeing like what that bar could be is that there's so many varieties of different ways the spirit works through these people that shows us, you know, that may not even be the end of what that could be. There could be new ways the spirit works through us if we just allow it and we show up and truly hand it over to spirit and let them work through us and move through us properly. And I would say, you know, to your question, Matthew, uh, the skin in the game may not skin in the game, but they have to earn it or there's some sort of earning. Um, I think of it less as it's the spirit world putting that on us and more mm-hmm. so you're retraining your brain and the way that you function in an entirely yeah. new way. And that's what requires all the effort because the spirit's ready to work. They're there all the time. They're ready to come through. They're like, we're just waiting for the conditions to be right. And mm-hmm. once the conditions are right, they can allow themselves to come through very clearly and strongly. But we in our society and the way that we have, you know, been, you know, there's so many distractions, you know, TikToks or what a minute long. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if you don't catch someone's attention very quickly, then suddenly, you know, you're going to lose it. We haven't mm-hmm. encouraged an ability to be passive, to be receptive and to surrender. Because of this, it causes us to have a hard time doing what is needed for the spirit world to bring through, uh, to, to make it the most effective for the spirit world to come through. I love that. Um, so let's go back to about like when we were out in California and what it was like. We sat in, in trance with you guys uh, and it was the most mind-blowing 
experience that I've ever had. I've never had an experience with trance. Uh, and you brought the cabinet. We had a seance. It was very beautiful. We did like to forewarn you guys that we did it two times in a row. We did it one night and then the second night. And we will not talk about the second night. That's the only thing that I'm like, we're going to save that for us because it was such a beautiful moment. But the first night we sat around and each medium got a chance to sit in the cabinet. And Megan, you went first. And that was like, I think, thank goodness you went first or Michael would have gone first. But just the power movement of just feeling the difference between you being in the cabinet and you being out of the cabinet and then having <laughs> Hannah sit in it for the first time. It was crazy. And it was just a beautiful experience. But what is it like for you as a developing trance medium to sit in the cabinet? Like, what, what do you feel so that way people can kind of know what to expect and not be afraid of it? Yeah. So... First, you know, we have emphasized already that it takes a lot of surrender and trust, right? And mm-hmm. that has developed over years. So, you know, I've been sitting for trance development for like six years now at this point, and I'm still developing. I'm still allowing more and more of them to come through. Um, but what it feels like for me um, when I'm sitting is love. And um, it feels powerful. It feels almost tangible, um, in the way the space changes and the, what I feel from my guides that come to be with me, I can feel their presence. I can feel their personality. I can feel as I step into my energy, as they're starting to blend with me, I allow myself to just let go more and then it allows them to come even closer. So essentially what it feels like is a lot of energetics, a lot of tingles, sometimes heaviness that can come over. It's not a scary thing at all. Um, Honestly, it's always felt beautiful and loving. And so it's brought me so close to the spirit world. And that's actually how I started to really get to know my guides well, um, was through sitting and, and having this kind of surrender and building this relationship with them through the trance sittings. Absolutely. So I, I would just, uh, you know, add that because I've been doing trance and this sort of work, I mean, for a long, long, long time, and there's been different iterations of like my understanding of trance. Um, Mm -hmm. When I first started in this work, like not even just in, you know, mediumship specifically, but just moving into my spiritual awareness in general, which was sparked by mediumship, but then I, you know, traversed all of the new age world um, during those 17 years. Um, I began with channeling, right? That was like one of the first things that I got really, really into was channeling. And for those of you who know, I know right now channeling is sort of used to mean bring through a spirit communicator. I'm referring to the channeling like an Esther Hicks, for example, or like a cryon or, um, you you know, there's just a bajillion channels, Seth, right? Mm -hmm. Seth books. Um, and that is essentially trans philosophy. That's essentially what it is. Um, that being said, um, there were experiences that I had early on that I was certain was genuine spirit communication, genuine trance. And only after doing it for so long did I realize how much of my mind was present. Now, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing if you are working towards your continued development and your mind is a part of the process, that's one of the sort of three ways that we, three levels of development. You can 
sit and wait for the spirit world to take complete control over you and you're completely knocked out, that can take a long time. You can do the second step where, you know, you're sort of blending with the communicator, but you're still sort of aware. This is like the different levels of, of trance. So you're still kind of aware, but if your mind comes in, you're going to lose it. And then the earliest and the thing that most people start with is sort of um, a narration of their experience as it's happening with the blending and then being able to provide information. But the person that's doing the work is very present. They're very much there. They hear what's going on. They know what's going on, but they're doing their best to get out of the way to let whatever is being inspired to pass through them. That version is probably more so what I was doing earlier on in my journey. Um, and I can see where my mind would want to come in. I could see where the tension would come in. After years and years and years of sitting, then I started to allow my spirit helper uh, to come through me in a much more controlled way. I mean, I have multiple experiences um, where the spirit world has either moved my body taking control of it in that way. Um, one of the experiences that I had was when I was working with Gordon Smith in Scotland, we were doing a simple healing exercise where we're just blending with the spirit world. Um, and my guide um, was helping me and I could feel like almost like air pressure building around my arms and they just started to move on their own. And then they were just sort of there for a while. And then I was like, okay, this is crazy, but my training tells me, ignore what's happening, surrender, do less, just do less, just do less. And then I hear little feet walk in front of me. My eyes are closed at this time. And all of a sudden, my arms start moving and doing all these weird shapes and movements and just like up and down and all these sorts of things. And in my brain, I'm going, the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> um, but I decided to just, again, ignore it, just let it happening. Whatever's happening is, is what's supposed to be happening. And then finally, after a while, I was like, okay, this is just too weird. Push my hands through to like break through the, the sort of trance hold. And uh, I opened my eyes. All the other students are finished with the exercise. Everybody's sitting and staring at me. Now, I know that I just had my arms flailing all about. So I'm really embarrassed. I'm like, oh, my God. And I open my eyes, and there's Gordon Smith standing in front of me. And he goes, you were really, you were really in there, weren't you? And I said, yes. And he said, I know, because I told the spirit world, if you have control of Michael, move his head to the left. Your head moved to the left. If you have control over Michael, um, move it to the right. My head moved to the right. Now knowing that uh, the spirit world had control, he told the spirit world, do exactly what my hands do. And so as soon as he started moving his hands all around in this really weird pattern, my hands were literally mirroring his hands simultaneously. And for me, that was the, the experience that made me go from believing to knowing that the spirit world is real, that my connection is real. I think that's the most important part. But that experience, I think, illustrates the level of control that the spirit world can have, the, the, um, the power of what, what can happen when we really learn how to let go. I could not have done that early in my development. This was like probably seven or eight maybe even a little bit more years into my working on my mediumship because I didn't trust that experience. I didn't, you know, allow that to happen. And so that I, I want to just share that. I wanted to share that just mm -hmm. because to me, it's such a good illustration of what's possible. And then beyond that, now, as I've developed it even more, now I can just sit in a chair, kind of go to sleep, assuming I can in the right conditions 
basically feel like I'm falling asleep. And then the spirit can just speak all on their own, make words, squeeze my diaphragm, make interesting accents come out. Megan sits for me um, mm-hmm. weekly and she, she can tell you, but it's, it's a progression. So, so the original question was like, what's that experience like? And I think if you can be patient with your trance um, work, you will see that it will take time and there's varying levels of depth and you don't know how much more you can let go until you've let go more. Mm-hmm. And then you go, mm-hmm. cause you know, you start off in the beginning, you're like, boy, I was so surrendered six <laughs> months later. You're like, holy moly. Now I'm the deepest I ever was. I wasn't even surrendered at all. Then even deeper. Holy moly. Wow. I was actually just totally talking out of my butt that time. <laughs> so there's these like levels and layers of surrender. And that's the journey of the media. That's the journey of what I think trance does for us is it helps us to learn to let go on such a deeper level. That's yep. beautiful. I, um, we mentioned, uh, the cabinet, um, and you don't have to have a cabinet to do trans mediumship, but could you speak on what a cabinet is and why we would utilize it? So a cabinet is typically used more so for physical mediumship, but trans mediumship is a precursor to physical mediumship most of the time because of that level of surrender, because of all of that that goes into it and the development, you know, it's a progression as we have already said. Um, what the cabinet does is concentrate the energy around the medium to be able to allow a stronger feeling of that energy and allow more essentially for the spirit world to do, right? To use this sort of concentrated energy to potentially do things like manipulate things physically in the room. Like when I was actually sitting that night, there was a glow ball that went off when Mm -hmm. I was sitting, you know, Mm -hmm. no one it. No one did whatever. And that was going off on its own. It didn't go off for anyone else. And I don't know what that means, but that could mean something at some point, right? That And, and that's, a, that's the whole kind of mindset we have to have around this is that I don't know. And we'll just see, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But the cabinet itself was, I actually believe it was created by brothers that were magicians. Davenport brothers. Davenport brothers. And they started utilizing this in their sittings and it sort of spread and it became a normal tool for physical mediums to use. And because physical mediumship was far more prevalent back in the early spiritualist days, um, most people understand what a spirit cabinet is. Um, and you know, uh, that it's more so geared toward physical mediumship than other kinds of mediumship. However, you can use a spirit cabinet to sit and develop in, like if you sit in the power or you sit for trance and that just may enhance any kind of potential build of that energy. I I know that we touched on, you know, we wanted to to go a little bit deeper into what physical mediumship is. Well, let's really define that now Yes, Um, because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding and I think some things, particularly on Netflix, really confused a lot of people as to what physical mediumship is. So physical mediumship is, um, well, number one, it requires a physical medium. Not always. It can happen through group energy that can also create that. But um, for example, like the Skoll experiment, S-C-O-L-E, Skoll, you can look up that documentary. They used a different form of um, mediumship uh, or not form. It was still physical mediumship, but they used a different energetic source. Anyway, point being, what physical mediumship is, is physical phenomena that occurs outside of the medium or sometimes on the medium 
that can be seen by everyone. So if something's happening, you know, in mental mediumship, if I'm receiving a communication, I'm the only one experiencing it. I might mm -hmm. see things, I might hear things, I might experience things. It's just me experiencing it. But in physical mediumship, you don't have to be a medium. You don't have to be sensitive. If something is happening, everybody sees it. So the kinds of things, um, so we call those things are physical phenomena. So physical phenomena can range greatly. Um, from temperature changes, right? In the early stages, temperature changes. Um, the images of ectoplasm, which is a substance that the spirit can use uh, to either clothe themselves, build um, you know, voice boxes, uh, change people's faces. It's a substance that can be hard. It can be a cloth. It can be um, a, a, like a vapor or a mist. And ectoplasm is exuded from the body of the medium and they are able to... Uh, do something with it. So what are the things they can do? They can create raps and taps on the walls, knocks and things like that. They can create psychic breezes, which is just literally like a gust of wind is blowing across you. They can do things, and those are just minor things like spirit lights. This is something I've had the pleasure of seeing. Mm -hmm. um, and this is like, almost looks like little fireflies in the space around you. It's actually really beautiful. <laughs> and that's coming from the spirit world that can progress and you can get amazing forms of physical phenomena, including levitation of objects, levitation of people in chairs, um, levitation of tables, things like that. But also uh, continuing on, you can get things created like what's called a, a voice box. So the spirit world can then speak independently from the medium. It's as if you had like a speaker in the room. And the spirit is just talking directly into the room. Um, this can uh, progress even further to where it can go into partial or full materialization of spirit people. When I say partial or full, sometimes they'll materialize just a hand and you can shake that hand and it can move and it can do all the things to full or, or materialization, which is like the rarest form of physical phenomena where literal people walk out of the cabinet that are connected to the medium through ectoplasm and they're fully formed. You can hug them. You can talk to them. It's literally a reunion with your loved one with clothes and the way that they looked and spoke and they have their own voice, everything. So there's so many different forms of physical phenomena that can occur. Um, and that's not even all of it. There's other things like apports, right? Where objects are brought into the space. There's matter through matter, where people are literally transported from being in the seance room to outside of the seance room. I mean, these, it starts to sound wild, but these are things that people have seen. These are things that people have experienced. They are rare. And so when you talked about earlier, I think someone said about how it takes a long time for it to develop. It's because you're literally creating the right circumstances for miracles to occur. And it's such a rare form and people don't have the patience to sit for the spirit world week after week, week after week. Now, if there's anything that requires a little skin in the game or earning it, it's physical mediumship because that mm -hmm. requires consistency on all the sitters, on the mediums. And you really only need one physical medium, someone who has a natural propensity for physical phenomena uh, to, to get that happen. But really you, what you really need is all of the sitters to power that development. 
So that's physical mediumship in a nutshell. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I can tell you, uh, based on the experience that I had, and it was my first time, it was amazing. And, and we didn't have crazy phenomena happen, but we had temperature changes. We had a little bit of slight movement on the table, but just the power alone was life-changing mm-hmm. on like what the spirit world can do with energy. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, I... At the beginning of my uh, development, I just associated my guide with a color or whatever she decided to show me. And it wasn't until I sat in the cabinet that night that I'd get a clear glimpse of my guide. And it was like a beautiful moment. Like a lot of magic happened uh, in that experience. So I want to A, thank you. But B, it's like you don't know about the tip of the iceberg until you try something new. And you try something different and you know that there's different types of mediumship and you dabble and you play around with the spirit world because they are so excited to work with us and they Mm want to have fun with us because they enjoy it. Right. Um, So Dina, is there anything you want to add? I think it it enhances um, all of the other pieces, right? Like Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, going back to that evidential mediumship of where we all kind of start into this realm, right? It, it just, it enhances that. And I think it helps us understand that. And I think Megan started um, this whole conversation with it all starts with understanding the power. Mm -hmm. And I think the more that we start understanding more of like, it it gives us a better understanding of the power. Um, And it helps us with our surrender. And in the wise words of Mr. Mayo, doing less right? <laughs> it, it helps us to learn to do that because that's one of the biggest things that gets in the way of, of us doing a good job in evidential mediumship is our wanting to interpret of getting in the way, right? Mm-hmm. So the more that we can work in other ways of like getting out of the way and working on these other types of mediumship, it helps when we're doing evidential mediumship to get out of the way. Our trust yeah. of the spirit world, I think, grows. When we, yeah. when we practice these other forms. Well, the old saying is, is that trance always enhances because it does. It really does. Any amount of working on your surrender and your trust with the spirit world will always enhance every form of mediumship that you do. Mm-hmm. I agree for sure. I think what's also important to bring up is like the experience that we did with you guys mm-hmm. was really, to me, foundational things that people should be doing which is coming together and sitting for each other. So we talk about trance enhancing long before trance, learning to sit and feel the power. I know Dana and Matt, you guys have done um, home circle with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is sort of what we did that night, essentially, was a home circle where we're sitting for each of you. We're giving each, uh, each, each time for the spirit world to develop and see what's possible. To me, that is foundational. If every one of the mediums that are out there started with that, with learning just sense and feel the power and understand what's happening there, your mediumship would skyrocket much sooner. Instead, we focus too much on getting evidence and you know the exciting phenomena part. But it's more important to focus on that personal connection to the spirit world, developing the power uh, together with people of like mind and who are in love and harmony. I mean, we had the best group because mm-hmm. everybody loved everybody uh, in, <laughs> that night. And so, of course, you had amazing experiences. That's how the pioneers of the past developed. 
They didn't have workshops. They didn't have these other things where like, you can just, you know, come and do this workshop and it'll work. They had to just sit in the stillness and in the quiet and let the spirit move and inspire them. And that's how they learned. I love that you said that. It's definitely helped me with, like, I've taken a lot of what I've learned that night into my own personal practice. Like before my opening, like I'm going to tell you, I don't care about telling you my opening. I will actually do what we did uh, similar to chance of putting my hands on the table and inviting the spirit world in and just singing and just singing. And it really, it's, it's incorporated a lot that you can literally take a little bit from, you know, doing physical mediumship into mental of being like, what can I do to create the environment that I would want spirit to step into? And like, what's the environment that I want to be relaxed in of like, how can I make this and create this a beautiful space for spirit to show up in? And and I can work on the healing in between and step out of the way and all that stuff. But it really does help, even if you're, it's not mediumship, right? So like, even if you're learning Reiki, or even if you're learning uh, a healing modality, they all help each other. And I think there's this little bit of competition that one style of mediumship is better than the other style of mediumship. And I know, Michael, that's probably something that you've been like a big advocate of being like, well, all mediumship is mediumship. It's not one, one is more important than the other. Um, What are your opinions on that? Like the community, like understanding about like evidential versus non-evidential versus X, Y, and Z. I would just really quickly want to just comment on what you said, because you just said gold and I want to highlight it. (laughs) What you said was creating the environment. You took this from our experience that we did with the table and all that. And you said Mm -hmm. creating the environment, the right circumstances for spirit communication. That is gold. And I want everyone who's listening to take that into consideration. That doesn't mean you need to go out and get a bunch of sage and like sage your whole space and do all the, no, we're not talking about that. It's about creating an atmosphere with your energy of openness, of love, of uh, peace, of harmony. Harmony, we are told over the years, is the key to accurate and specific mediumship. So harmony, openness, love. When you have tension and you're sitting there shit in a brick because you got a reading coming up, right? That's not the most conducive environment, right? But taking that time to just become still and you're you know, placing your hands on the table like that, Matthew, you're really putting an intention of, I'm here, guys. I'm here for you, right? And you're really handing it over. That's such beautiful. So I, really quickly, I just wanted to highlight yeah. that because that was gold. That was My gold. neighbors think I'm crazy because I'm singing Disney songs as loud as I can. <laughs> <laughs> My hands on a table, so it's fine. What is mediumship without the evidence is my question. Because if we're saying that there is consciousness that lives beyond this world, we have to be able to allow that to come through, to show the truth that there is such a thing. And so mediumship without the intelligence of the spirit world, to me, is lacking of the quality of mediumship, uh, to to just be blunt about it. Um, Now, when we talk about mediumship, we talk about what we're talking, we're talking about energy, right? We're talking about a power. We're talking about an intelligence, right? That is greater than what we even have here in this physical world. It's something that moves us and works through us. Um, and so that to me has to be a part of any kind of mediumship that you're doing for it to be claimed as mediumship. So it's not about what's better or worse. It's not that it's as what is the, tr- the truth and what is maybe more so still a part of 
our mind in some ways that's coming through. And that's not to say that that is not a truth, but it's not the truth in the bigger yeah. sense of the word of proving or showing that life continues on beyond the physical, if that makes sense. So it's never a competition in my mind in any way when it comes to mediumship and what we do, because I think if you're heart is in the right place. You're willing to develop. You're willing to put yourself out there to be vulnerable, to allow this link between this world and the next to come through. Then I'm on your team with that. I want to see you be successful. I want to see you do well. I want to see the truth get to come through you in the best way possible to help bring healing, to help bring the world, the knowing that spirit is real. And so I don't even look at it in the way that's kind of being broached about it. It's just more so what is us and what is more than us that is able to come through, if that makes sense. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I would just kind of add where, when we are discussing like the different forms of mediumship, including healing and things like that, if it's, I mean, the basis of mediumship is to help and heal, right? Mm-hmm. I think that that should be the, you know, the first and foremost thing. What tends to happen in sort of the, the world currently, and maybe even back then too, um, is that people get a little bit of success and then they want to go out there immediately and start having a TikTok and start getting a webcam and podcasts and YouTubes and all of those sorts of things. And it happens too fast. And what I mean by too fast is without the proper development. What is proper development when I say that? It's the understanding of what's you and what's not you, as Megan was saying. It's the understanding of how to hold space and care for someone in grief. And it's the understanding of the maturing of your understanding of uh, the spirit world and your connection to it. So for example, me back in the day when I talked about the trance work, right? And I thought, oh yeah, I'm like really doing this. Woohoo. Like this is amazing. And was I giving helpful things? Yes. Was I supporting people? Yes. Was I causing harm? No. And yet I can still look back at that and go, that was way too fast. I needed to slow down because I didn't know what I didn't know. And so when you have people on here that are saying, you know, you should develop, you should develop, you should develop, it's very triggering, I think, for people who maybe feel any level of insecurity in their work. Yeah. And I think that's what's sort of coming out is like they really want the end goal, quote unquote end goal is not really an end goal, but what they perceive as the end goal without the time that it takes to get there because they get excited about the success that they have had. And I have so many students who have stepped out, really went balls to the wall, like, look at me, I'm doing this whole thing. And then they hit a wall. They, they find this plateau that they're not able to kind of get past. And then that's when they come to us. And then we're like, ah, here's all these things. And then boom, they start to grow. They start to understand because we filled in the potholes or we filled, I'm sure you guys do the exact same mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. filling in the potholes in people's understanding. And that's what unfolds their ability more. So I always just say, there is no rush, folks. There really is no rush. It's going to be a lifetime. I'm 17 years I've been in this, and I'm still learning. I'm still mm-hmm. growing. I'm still having these amazing experiences um, as time goes on. So, and, and the other thing to really highlight, too, is just because someone has been doing it for 17 years does not mean that we don't fall on our face, does not mean that we don't feel insecure, does not mean that we don't have times where we're, can I even do this anymore, right? Like, 
those things happen and that's part of the journey. So there's never a sense of, I think what's really important, this will be the last thing I say, because I just ramble, is, is this idea of not putting yourself above anyone. Mm-hmm. Because really, and this is something I've said to Megan, like all these years that I've known Megan, eyes on our own paper. That's all that matters. <laughs> Keep your eyes on your own paper. It doesn't matter what other people are doing. What matters is what your relationship to the spirit is. What's that vertical relationship like? You and the other world. That's where it will be. I spent way too much time caring about what other people thought, what other people felt, what other people were doing. Mm-hmm. And when I landed that all you have to care about is your connection to the other world, that's, that, that is key. That's amazing advice because I think comparison happens. It just does, you know, and I think especially early on in development, you know, especially sometimes we get get started with somebody at the same time and we're like, well, look, they're getting that kind of evidence and I'm not. And we get into the comparison game or look, I'm really killing it and they're not. And like, look at me, my ego is killed. And then, then we get smacked down, you know, um, and it's just, it's inevitable and it's part of the journey in development. Um, and I like that you said that we're always developing. I, I hate saying that I'm a develop when I hear somebody saying I'm a developed medium or I'm a hundred percent accurate or I'm this or that, like, that's when I'm kind of like, Oh, Oh, cause I think that we learn every day and grow every day. And I, and Megan spoke about flexibility, right? I think the more that we can be flexible and be open to learning every single day, I think that's, that's the sweet spot. And I think that's where spirit really, really looks forward to working with us. Cause they're like, Ooh, this one wants to learn. Can we jump really quick into the ego real fast? Oh yeah. yeah. Because that I think is probably the biggest challenge because as a medium, you are constantly given perfume to your ego, like enticing, delicious bacon mm-hmm. smells drift from the mouths of other people <laughs> to your ego because you're being told, you changed my life. You helped me so much. Oh my God, I'm like freed from all my grief. And all of that in the in certain mindsets makes you believe that you are all those great things. Mm-hmm. And while one can do these, uh, be a part of the process, it's actually the spirit world that's doing this. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really important reminder that don't fall for the trap that you now think you're so great because you can do this. Mediumship is a tool. It's just a tool. How are you using it? Mm-hmm. That's all it is. So you can be super accurate. You can be super amazing, right? But what's the reason? Are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it for others? Why do you do it? Is it to teach? Is it to help? So remember that it's just a tool. It doesn't mean you're better than it. It doesn't mean you're further along. Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, I know plenty of mediums who their personal development and spiritual self is nothing compared to maybe their accuracy, right? Their accuracy is great, but who they are as individuals and people, that there's a lot of work there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that uh, mediumship and healing is hurt people healing people while healing along the way, right? And I think we kind of recognize that we're hurt as we go right? Because we got triggers that come up or emotional reactions that come up or even comparison between one or another. But I really kind of feel that as you develop and expose yourself to different types of mediums and mediumship and uh, people, you really kind of see the value of the human spirit. And Mm -hmm. it's 
fantastic. Like I would never take back of meeting the mediums that I have, whether it would be good or bad. Right. Because in a way that the bad ones gave me an emotional reaction that I had to look internal and fix something within myself, which I'm thankful for. And the great ones lift me up when I'm not feeling so great of being like, I've been there and I know what you're going like. And I love what you said, Michael, about, you know, understanding that like people are going to say, Hey, you changed my life and all that stuff. Like, um, and it's just kind of understanding that that really is the spirit world and we're just the catalyst for it. Like we don't think the car for driving us when a taxi driver drives us downtown, right? It's really the car that gets us there. The driver's just directing it um, and he might have a role in it, but really it's the spirit world that gets us there and we just have to show up for them. And it's amazing every day to be blessed to get to do this work and to uh, get a connection with the spirit world and get to see somebody have their life changed, but not take credit for it, but just be a part of that moment, right? And just witness that somebody else's relationship and love came through and you got to witness love. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's kind of where I, that's my why. I just want to witness people's love connections of just thinking that they never get that love, love again, and then they have it. And it's just a gift that we get to be a part of, but it's not from us. Mm-mm. No, just through us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the best things that Gordon Smith told me was take the praise and the criticism with equal measure. Mm -hmm. So whether you have a mind blowing reading, not, not to say you can't go, wow, that's amazing spirit. Holy moly. Right. Cause we feel that a lot as mediums. Um, but also the criticism because you're going to get both. You are Mm -hmm. absolutely going to get both. And you know what? Mediums are the worst at that. I mean, they, they are, we, there's a culture of tearing people down and comparison and all that stuff. And I'm better than this person, all that sort of thing. So you just take it all with each equal measure. That's why I'm like, keep your eyes on your own papers, folk. Mm -hmm. Like if you, if this is only, it's going to save you a lot of, you know, heartache and, and trouble. I always say the higher we ride on those great readings that we're like, oh my God, and all the praise is the fall, harder we fall when we have those rougher readings, right? So I I always like to like, just hang out in this middle part. Yep. Not get too excited about the real great ones, not get too depressed about the real bad ones. And just like (laughs) hang out, hang out in the middle. I think that goes with evidence as well, right? So like when we're looking at like getting a name versus just getting a connection, right? It's, it should be equal. It shouldn't really matter between you getting an age and a street address and somebody's social security number versus just, hey, I have your mom. And this is what I have. It's all equal. Uh, and, but it's for us. It's for our ego to be like, look, I, I, I know what I'm doing and I'm proving, you know what I mean? And when you get past that part and you really kind of just go, well, spirit, say everything you got to say. This is your time. Shine. Go and trust it. It's a mat. It's magic. And you don't even need to like create it or force it. I think I learned that the most from you, Michael, is just like, just, just give what you get. Just give everything. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to fall on your face. It's okay. I mean, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? No. <laughs> right. So yeah, no, that's thank your you. favorite. That's got to be your favorite word as a medium. Oh, I love, be I love okay it. with no. the word. No, that's mm-hmm. we, we, we tell people at our development circle, like, get comfortable. That's, you're going to get that word. No matter what level medium you are, you're going to get the word now. So get real comfortable with it. Celebrate it. And and eventually I think you do. That's why circles like yours are so important because that's where you learn how to be okay with the yeses and the noes. They are both helpful tools for you in the beginning. They're developing. You need noes. 
You need no's to mm-hmm. learn how to do this. Otherwise, you're not going to learn. <laughs> you're not going to know what's your yeah. mind or not. So eventually, it becomes pretty pretty straightforward and, and pretty easy. I mean, Megan, I, I, I've seen you work a bajillion times, and the way you handle no's, mm-hmm. they don't even shake her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she mm-hmm. she's literally just like, oh, that's a no? Okay, do, 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 do. How about like this? Boom, yes. Okay, great. And moves right along. I mean, I've seen Megan, you know, get a no or two, and she just not just like water off a duck's back. That's, mm-hmm. that's basically what that is. Yeah. Well, I do think, um, part of the development it, when you get to a certain point is understanding why you're getting the no, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Having that strong awareness of your own mediumship and, um, understanding what's going on within the mediumship of why that could be happening like that. Cause there's a multitude of reasons why it could not a multitude, a few, a few reasons why you could be getting a new, a no, uh, with, uh, what you're saying. So understanding that aspect is going to also help alleviate that stress of getting a no, because you realize there's a reason why it's happening. It's not just because you're wrong. It's because there's something else potentially going on too, you know, so. or that you're a fraud or that you're <laughs> For sure, yeah. Yeah. Or spirits intelligent. I've had it. I I don't know if you guys experienced this, but I've had a private client where I was reading for them and it was all yeses. And then it went to this small little space where it was no's. And then they ended up sharing that portion with their mother. And it came back and spirit shifted to the mom. And she's like, yes, 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 yes. So spirits intelligent. And I think that's also like learning how to be easy on ourselves that spirit knows more than I do. I just need to give it. And if it's a no, it may not be for that sitter. Spirit might have a bigger plan. So just give it. It's it's not that. And then we'll feel it and work through it, right? So if it's important, spirit will bring it up again. <laughs> They're going to guide it. And you can I feel think, it in a different way. Yeah, you're describing trusting. Trusting mm-hmm. yourself, trusting your mediumship, trusting the spirit world, and just giving what you get. I think it's beautifully said, Matthew. I love it. Well, thank you guys. You guys are amazing. I know you guys have big stuff coming up. So tell us, promote yourself. Where can we find you? All the things. Okay. Yeah. So um, obviously we are from Oak Bridge Institute, which is the school that Megan and I started, um, where we teach workshops, classes, weekly circles, and courses that take you from not knowing anything to being a fully fledged working medium. Um, And so that... um, and then also I have a book called Spirit Speaks. Um, and I wrote that book for anyone who wants to develop. So if you know nothing about mediumship, or even if you do know some things, um, it definitely, I think, is helpful. Um, it takes all of my years of distilling down what is valuable and important and puts it into a very readable, easy read is what a lot of people say, um, way to understand it. Um, you can find me, Media Michael Mayo, is all of my tags for everything uh, on all social media. And yeah, Megan will share her and some of the things we got coming up. Yeah. Um, so um, I do private readings and then public readings and I teach, but uh, you can find that at meganalisamedium.com uh, where I only book on my website. So be aware of scammers for anyone out there because they do exist, many, many of them. Um, so yes, and I, as Michael said, I teach also at Oak Ridge Institute. 
And um, we have a West Coast mediumship tour with uh, Michael, myself, and medium Joshua John, who I know has also been on your podcast. Mm -hmm. Who's Um, amazing. He is. He's he's a little nugget. I love him. And we are going to be doing in-person demonstrations of mediumship, so live mediumship events and workshops. So we're going to be going to Orange County. We're going to be in Los Angeles, Pasadena. We're going to be going to Encinitas. We're going to be going to San Francisco and Portland. And you can find all of that information actually right on oakbridgeinstitute.org slash events. Um, And you can sign up all that there, registration, come meet us, come be a participant in, you know, the mediumship and in the workshops. And we would, we're so excited. Um, We can't wait to meet you guys. It's going to be a blast. I mean, you have three characters up there and not only three characters, but honestly, I'm like super excited to get to work with quality mediums, like genuinely good human beings and happen to be very accurate mediums. I'm like so, so excited. Yeah, you guys, if you guys are on the way, you guys should just fly out to the West Coast for this is is what I'm saying. And we'll put all the links to the ways that you can reach Oakbridge and Megan Elisa and Michael Mayo and the link to get tickets. And of course, Amazon Spirit Speaks, um, how to, how to get to all of that. Thank you guys. We adore you. We, we truly love you both so much. Yes. This we was love the best. You. <laughs> love you very much. This is the best foursome podcast I've ever been on. It's the only one. <laughs> we'll have to do it again and again and again. And yes. again. We love you all. You're in our hearts. And Dana, take it away. Do, do the you thing. are the light of 100,000 Michael Mayos and Magnolisas. Oh, that's pretty bright. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mm-hmm. That's why he wears sunglasses at night. That's I right. Love it. All right. We love you guys. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. See ya. Bye.